Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, amen. I'm so glad you're with us this morning. Come on, we're so excited to be uh, at Love City Church in your home today with your family. And hey, I want to encourage you right now, get your phone out, share this with someone. Come on, get the word out, uh, share the video, uh, share the YouTube link. Um, I just wanted to take a couple of minutes here and just share some things that have been in my heart. Uh, we're going to get into our Creating Margin series in just a moment. We're going to get back into worship right now. But I just felt like this week, just with what's go, everything that's going on specifically surrounding uh, COVID, I wanted to share some thoughts that God had put on my heart. Uh, and I've just been kind of toiling and praying over. And, you know, I've been praying because the truth is, you know, there's a lot of opinions. A lot of people have a lot of opinions about a lot of things. And it's a world today we're facing where people have all sorts of thoughts and ideas and, and, and perspectives. And, you know, some people don't believe that it's real. And other people believe it is real and they're afraid. And some people believe we should wear face masks. And some believe we shouldn't. And some people, we should have church. And others think we shouldn't have church. And, you know, there's all sorts of things and opinions and ideas and perspectives. And, and I was just praying this week about Love City Church. If you're here today and you're joining us from Love City Church, I'm, I'm talking to you. I just got thinking about it and thought, man, Lord, I want to address the church and really just give them some, some, some wisdom, some perspective, some thought. And I just felt like, you know, it's important that we remember something. We're important we remember why we're here. You know, it's easy for us to get caught up in all that's going on, but you gotta remember we are here to help people discover a relationship with Jesus Christ and live a life that expresses His love. And so th that doesn't mean that we're ever gonna stop gathering together. We're gonna continue to gather together. November 29th, we're coming back to church, live with you right here in Cardell Theater, staying online as well, but we'll be live because we're gonna continue to gather. We, wanna, we believe that when we gather together, God is in the place. Where two or three are gathered in God's name, He is here. We believe the presence of the Lord is in the house of God. And we want you to be able to engage in that environment. So we're gonna continue to gather together. We're gonna continue to gather in our groups and grow together. I wanna encourage you today, join a group. If you're missing a group right now, this is the time to do it. Come on, this is the season to get into a group and develop relationship. Come on, we're working towards starting a Bible college in January, praise the Lord, Bible school. Come on, we're gonna continue to give our time, our treasure and our talents. We're gonna continue to go. We're increasing our partnership with Hope Mission during Christmas. We're gonna be giving uh, uh, toys away and money away to them and world compassion. Come on, we're gonna be doing so many great things at church. So I just wanna speak this life into you. Remember why we're here. We're here to help people know Jesus. We're here to make disciples. We're here to see lives transformed in the lives of people. Amen. So come on, before we get back into worship, I just want to share one more thought with you. Very quickly, two things. Firstly is this. The goal of everything that we, we as followers of Jesus do is to love others, to love people. So I know you have an opinion. I know I got an opinion. I know you got an opinion. I know you want to share it on social media and do all those things. And hey, you, you, try, you, know, you ask the Holy Spirit what he, what, what he thinks he should do. But I want to encourage you today. Make sure everything that you do is out of a place of loving others. Make sure that even when you don't understand their position, love isn't just you caring about them. Love is about you trying to understand where they're coming from, that you might be able to have compassion and share the love of Jesus Christ with them. This isn't just about us being right. This is about us sharing the love of Jesus Christ with other people. Secondly, I wanna encourage you today. I want you to be reminded today that 
take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. Come on, He has overcome the world. We don't have to be afraid. I know that we've never been here before. I know that our world is up in arms. I know that everyone across the world today is experiencing a pandemic that we don't understand or we don't know the nuances to it. But I want to tell you this today. Take heart today. Jesus has overcome the world. Come on, Genesis chapter 16, verse 33, and then we're going to worship. And I want to encourage you right now. Come on, get, get up on your feet. Come on, lift your hands, sing the song out loud. Fill your house with the presence of the Lord today. Come on, show your children how to worship today. Come on, listen to this message, this verse. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Come on, followers of Jesus, take heart. Our God has overcome the world and you have the gift of peace and you can take heart today. So as Pastor James leads us, I want you to lift your hands. Come on, sing out loud and let the Holy Spirit fill your life today and remind you he's overcome the world and he is in charge. Come on, let's worship together. Come on. Hey, what a great time of worship. Thank you, Pastor James and Alana and Amanda for doing a great job today. I also want to say a personal thank you to all of our crew here today who is helping us make this thing happen, uh, and Joel and Dallas and Kyle and Vince and uh, Jesse, Pastor Jesse, thank you guys for coming on out. Come on, if you're at home right now, put your, put, why don't you like, why don't you do a little emoji or something like that? I don't know. Say thank you to them. Come on, let's see if that works. Anybody? I'll do it here. Boom, 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 boom. I want to say hi to Madison and Mario, uh, Mario and Brian Pang and Chantelle O'Brien, Madison and Josh. She put good morning from the bowl of rices. It was a bowl of rice. <laughs> That's funny. Rices, my wife and kids and Ju uh, Julie and uh, we got uh, Cindy with us. Come on, all sorts of people today. And um, come on, if you're with us today, just give a little like on there. Do a little heart today. And now Pastor James is watching. <laughs> That's awesome. There he is right over there. <laughs> Come on. Well, I just wanted to take today and, and we're just, uh, you know, we're just rolling with the punches here. Thank you for your flexibility. Uh, this is our last Sunday where we'll be purely online. God willing, we'll be live next week in person. So make sure you sign up for registration now and get here, uh, and it's going to be great. Second week of Creating Margins. We're going to start our first week. Before we do get into that today, uh, I want to quickly just remind you of a couple of things that are coming up here. Um, and the first thing is this Wednesday, we have our digital church update, where we're just going to talk about what's happening in the church and talk about some finances and talk about where we're going in 2021. This isn't necessarily a vision cast, but we'll just be talking about, honestly, just have an open conversation and give you a chance to ask questions or uh, seek um, information. But if you do have a question, you, you can email us beforehand. We will answer questions beforehand, uh, info at lovecitychurch.ca, and then we will come to the meeting uh, with those uh, questions being answered. Uh, and uh, then you'll also be able to post anonymous questions as well. Um, last time we did that, James, uh, Pastor James asked if we could wear hats in church. And I said, yes, Pastor James, you can. And he's now wearing a hat in church. So there you go. So all of you people that are offended out there, you can blame me, not him, okay? You cannot wear pajamas at church, James. 
But come on, the second thing here is our Heart for the House offering. Last year was our first time doing this, and it was so amazing. Last year, the church rallied, and $22,000 for the church, and we invested that back into our church. And we're gonna do that again this year, and we're gonna be coming out, uh, letting you know more about what, where we're gonna be putting that, the finances uh, in our church. But we know we always wanna make sure that our experience uh, for people that come is great, and our kids' ministry, and um, our groups, and our worship department. We just wanna make an investment into those things, uh, and so we're super excited about this and you can give to that anytime in the month of December and I'll be talking more about that in the coming weeks. And so we're going to start our new series today called Creating Margin. Three weeks just talking about finances, stewarding finances God's way. And uh, I'm just going to be sharing with you some things that, that God's been showing me in my own life, my wife and I's life, and we've been really experiencing tremendous just favor and blessing in our lives. And that doesn't necessarily mean we have more money in our pocket. It just means our perspective has shifted and we're just seeing the favor of the Lord in our life and nothing much has changed. Hallelujah. It just, it's a lot of times it's about how we see things and how our perspective of life is. And so I want to share with you today, um, and there'll be some practicality here, but and I've shared these verses with you before. I want you to know that. But I just want to keep saying them to you as a reminder uh, of the basics. And we we'll want to keep the basics beautiful. And so keep you focused in on what I believe to be solid truth from God's word. Amen? There we go. All right. Well, come on, margin. Creating margin in our lives is honestly about living in the middle place. It's about being in a place where we can be completely honest about what we really need. Honest about what, we, what is a want and be able to constantly recognize God's provision in our life. And finances are a huge part of our life. And I want to just say this to you. If you've not been trained biblically on how to steward your finances, I want you to tune in today. There's a lot of great resources out there. We can give you Financial Peace University and many other books we could have you read. And so that are much smarter than me on this stuff. I'm sure there's folks even in our church who could do a, a great job sitting down with you in your finances. But today I'm just gonna, my part is to help you understand what God's word says about finances and, and God's word. So margin, margin is really, uh, it's, it's, it's the opposite of overload. Uh, margin is the gap between rest and exhaustion. Margin is the space that, where we can breathe freely uh, to where we feel like we're suffocating. Margin is a border around something in our life. And margin is basically creates a limit that beyond that limit, you and I begin to experience uh, uh, the difficulty and the heaviness of life. And margin allows us to see God's provision. And when we see God's provision in our life, what happens is, is that you find incredible satisfaction and contentment. The satisfaction and contentment that comes from seeing God's provision and living in a place of margin gives you the ability to enjoy the life today that you're living, not always have to live in the future. You get to live in the now, in the present, and just enjoy the daily gifts that God gives you and God gives me. And so what margin does is it allows us to see what is and what isn't God's will. Margin allows us to live a healthier life. Margin is a border in which you and I can stay in the place of financial safety for our lives. And so there's a portion of scripture you can turn to in Proverbs chapter 30. It'll be on the screen uh, right here. Uh, but you can also open your Bibles at home if you want. Uh, Proverbs chapter 30. And I, I've read this verse many times throughout the years again, but I want to keep reading it because I believe it's one of the most accurate verses of scripture in the entire Bible that gives us what this idea of margin is. And it's in Proverbs 30 verses 7 to 8. And it says this, Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let them, let me have them before I die. I mean, that's a pretty strong statement. 
I beg you, God, I'm begging you to give me two favors. Let me have them before I die. He says, first, let me help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. So this author here is not Solomon. It's a guy named Agur, A-G-U-R, Agur, Agur. I'm sure one of those is right. <laughs> and Agur is a young man, he's a guy just like me, just like you. And maybe you're here watching today and you're filthy rich, so maybe I'm not like you. But Solomon was a filthy rich, wise guy, not a wise cracker, but a wise person. <laughs> and he, he just had a lot of uh, knowledge from God and was very, very wealthy. Agur was just a regular guy. He was a regular person. And the Bible, the, the theologians believe that the reason Solomon included this in the text because it was inspired thinking from God. It was inspired words from God that he submitted to Solomon. And Solomon looked at this and thought, wow, you're not like me. You're not wealthy like me. You're not rich like me. You're not even mis maybe even wise like me. Yet this is inspired thinking by God. And this guy was just a regular person like me. And it's interesting to me that he talks about the idea before I die. Lord, I'm, he's begging God to give it before he dies. It's like, he, like, this is his ambition in life. This is his goal. God, I just ask you two things before I die. I mean, what would you ask for if you were asking God for something before you died? This young man is, is articulating a, a deep spiritual truth that you and I must understand something about this text. It's so deep and so real and so relevant to our life today when it comes to our finances. He's basically saying, God, I want this to be the point of my existence. This is my ambition for living. This is why I'm alive. This is what I want my life to reflect once I die, when I'm put in the grave. I want people to say this about me. God, I beg this of you. Let me have these two things. He says, keep me from telling a lie and give me just enough to satisfy my needs. The first one is in relationship to his character. The second one is in relationship to how he can endanger his character. See, he's saying, this is who I wanna be, and this is how I'm going to stay away from me not becoming the person I don't want to be. Think about it for a minute. Our finances run our lives. We make decisions in our life of where we're gonna live based on finances, what we're gonna do with our life based on finances. A lot of times we're surrounded by people in our life based on our finances. We develop friendships based on our finances. We pursue hobbies based on our finances. Our finances are, dictate our life to no end. If you look throughout your life, everything that we do in our life is centered around finances. And so here this author is saying that it's important you see that I wanna be a man of character and I also wanna keep myself from the things that can derail what God has for my life. And he's specifically talking about finances. And so this is the first thing he says. First, help me never to tell a lie. Now, at first glance, you think he's probably talking about fibbing, you know, like don't help me not to lie. And yes, he's referring to lies from our mouths, but this word has so much greater depth than that. This word means vanity, falsehood, empty purposes. This word refers to false or improper motives. It actually means to falsely project my life to look a certain way to other people. The actual uh, Hebrew word actually means idolatry. Help me to never give my life to idolatry. Help me not to project my life to look like something that it's actually not. 
And Jesus teaches about this idea of idolatry and it's actually in relationship to finances. In Matthew chapter six, he said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So Jesus here uses this word master. This idea of master is something, it's when you are controlled by someone, when you're controlled by something. And he's saying that don't allow money to become your master. Don't allow money to become your dictator. Don't allow money to control your life of what you do and how you talk and what you say and how you act and how you live your life and who you're friends with and where you go. Do not allow money to be the master in your life. You cannot be led by the spirit of God and be led by the spirit of money. You cannot have both. It does not work. And he says you cannot serve both God and money. Now, many of you know this, but I'll say this for those who maybe don't know this, is that word money is actually the word mammon. And that word mammon actually comes, it's an Aramaic word, which means riches. This is not specifically referring to money. It's talking about mammon. And this, this word is an Aramaic word. It's a modern translation for the Aramaic word. And this Aramaic word was borrowed from the Babylonians. And the Babylonians had a God who was called mammon, who was the God of wealth or the God of riches. So when Jesus uses this word money, he's not referring to money. He's talking about the spirit of money. He's talking about the spirit of riches, the spirit of wealth. He's talking about a, a, a spirit that, that prevails in our world today, a spirit that drives the lives of people. If I don't have the spirit of God in my life and I'm not being led by the spirit of God, then I have the spirit of mammon in my life and I'm being led by the spirit of mammon. Jesus is talking about idolatry. He says, you cannot have a God, serve God and serve this idol called money. It's just not possible. And he makes a very strong statement. He says, you cannot serve both. And then Jesus identifies margin. He says, you got to love one and hate the other. You got to despise one and you got to be devoted to the other. This is what it looks like when you give your life to the spirit of God is you can no longer love the spirit of money. Because here is what mammon does in our lives. Mammon tries to take the place of God. Mammon promises us things that only God can provide. Mammon promises security. Mammon promises uh, significance. Mammon promises identity. Mammon promises independence and power and freedom. But only God can give those things to our lives. Mammon tells us to insulate our lives because as we look at social media, we look at all the other people and say, I, I don't like my life because I don't have that. Or I, I, I don't like the things I have because I want that. Mammon tells us to never be satisfied with what we have in our lives because we go on social media or we watch the news and we're driven by the, the fear of today and you see those buy gold commercials and everyone's buying bars of gold and storing them underneath their mattress and oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? The fear driven by the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon is, is absolutely and diametrically opposed to the nature of God. Mammon tells us to take and hoard. God says, give and trust. Mammon says buy and sell. God says sow and reap. Mammon is selfish. God is generous. So don't get the wrong idea. Money's not bad. The Bible teaches that. He says money is not the root of all evil. The love of money, the love of money, this giving your life to the spirit of mammon is evil. But giving your life to the spirit of God 
is different. Money's neutral. Money can be used for the purposes of God or the purposes of man. Money's neutral. Money's not the issue. It's the driving force behind the money. So we go back to our main text. We see that that's what the, the author, Agar, is talking about. He recognizes that there is a spirit of mammon that controls people, followers of Jesus and non-followers of Jesus alike. We are all tempted to give up our character and be endangered in our character for the idea of the spirit of mammon. We are all tempted to do that on some way, shape, or form on some level. And here, Agar comes back to his, his text. He says, okay, so I don't want to tell a lie. That's the first thing. The second thing is I want you to give me neither poverty nor give me riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. So he gives us three scenarios here. The first one he says, he says, give me, he says, don't give me poverty. Don't give me riches, but satisfy my needs. Do you see he's giving us margin? He's saying in this verse, he says, okay, let me give you margin. I don't, I don't want riches. I don't want to grow rich. It doesn't say you are rich. I don't want to grow rich and I don't want to become too poor. I want to be just in the middle. This is margin. I want you to see that this margin has tremendous value and this margin is where you can have right motives. This margin is where you can see clearly. This margin is where you see God's blessing in your life. This margin is where you see the value of the dollar and how God gives you every single cent in your bank account belongs to the Lord. Margin allows you to live a life of satisfaction and joy, no longer pining for more or no longer being disdainful towards what you have. Margin creates a center ground and he identifies two things. He says, for if I grow rich, notice he doesn't say if I am rich. He says, if I become rich, if I grow into a place of being rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? Now this is fascinating. The word riches here means wealthy, but actually this word riches also means in the Hebrew, it's, it's so crazy. It means pretending to be wealthy. Now this relates to a lot of us, every single person. The idea of this word riches means or, or means to accumulate things. It's, the actual word means like wax. That you can form wax to look a certain way, but if you put some heat on it, it melts away. The idea is, is that we are pretending to look a certain way when in reality our bank account doesn't support it. We spend in a certain way that does not benefit our bank account. Therefore, we are acting like we are rich when in reality, we are not. It's this idea of pursuing riches. Now, some of you today might be watching and say, well, I am rich. Well, bless you. And this is referring to you that there is a fear for those who are rich that we can forget where the riches came from. It came from the Lord. But many of us aren't in that place of rich. Many of us are in the place of pursuing rich growing rich. And the danger is, is that we begin to position ourselves as though we are rich when in reality we are not. Here the author says, do not let me get to the point where I begin to pretend to be rich when I'm really not because I might deny you, God. I might start getting focused on the spirit of mammon and not the spirit of God. Look at Ecclesiastes says, Solomon says this, chapter 5, 10, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. See, when we come to a place where we're desiring riches or growing after riches, we begin to lose the ability to have faith because faith is the essence of things not yet seen. 
What we do when we're growing rich is we're looking for something not yet seen, but we try to act like we're already there. When in reality, we're not there. And we might never be to the place where you can own that thing or have that big house or have those six cars or whatever it might be. You might not ever grow to a place, which we'll get to in a minute, and I'll tell you why. Because God doesn't want us to live in a life where we're growing towards riches. He wants us to be in a place where we're satisfied with what we have because God knows exactly what we need. And then he says this. Okay, well, I also don't want to become too poor. Now notice, too poor. Meaning you can be poor, just not too poor. <laughs> Meaning you can, you, can, you can be gaining money, but you don't want to grow towards riches. It's a progressive movement. He's not talking about your current status. He says where you're going to go in life. Lord, let me not become too poor that I might steal and insult God's holy Name. See, this is when our perspective begins to change. This is the idea of taking matters into our own hands. This is the opposite of projecting yourself to be rich. This is the idea of that I don't, my life doesn't look like I want my life to look like. So I'm going to start making decisions for myself to get where I want to go, even though God doesn't want me to go there. I start to say, God, where are you? Now, here's a really practical scenario. I know this is heavy today, but I just really felt like I needed to go at you and teach you God's truth. Is that all right? See, at the end of the day, this is what happens. This is why many of us find ourselves in a place of too poor because we spend more than we have. Here's our, our level of income. So here's our level of income. And what we do is we spend right here. And we never, ever are able to see the provision of God in our lives because we have not accessed margin. And so we live our lives here. We make this much money and I spend this much money. And so we're always wondering, God, where are you? God, why won't you help me? God, why won't you bless me? God, why won't you help me with my bills? Why won't you help me pay for this car payment? Why won't you help me pay for my mortgage? Why won't you help me pay for these? God says, I have already done that for you. You're just beyond your level of margin. You're living a poor life when in reality, I want you to decrease your spending, let it match your income. And now you'll see, oh, there's God's provision. He already provided for all of my needs. He already helped me. He already blessed me. He's already guided me. It was my decisions that got me in the place of poverty in the first place, not God's. And so he says here, what happens when we get to this place is we start to say, God, where are you? we start to step into a realm of spending or we start to step into a realm of investing or we start to step into a realm of doing things with our lives that God never asked us to do because we see something that we want and it puts us in a position where we say, God, where are you? Why have you left me? Why are things stressful in my marriage? Why are things stressful in my home? Why do I have to work 60, 70, 80 hours? Maybe it's because you have not created margin in your life. And so we see in this verse that he recognizes that this is that puts us in this place. But then we come to the powerful part of this verse, the good news. <laughs> it says this, Lord, give me just enough to satisfy my needs. Now, this is fascinating. This phrase here. So here's the challenge. The reason many of us don't see God providing for all of our needs is because we don't know what our needs are. We haven't correctly evaluated our need based on what God has called us to do. And so when we look at our life, this verse is crazy. This Hebrew word, this Hebrew word for this phrasing is this. Give me the amount or the lot that you want me to have. Listen, give me your prescribed portion. Give me your 
prescribe due to me. Give me my limit. Give me my boundary. The actual King James Version uses the word convenient. Give to me what's convenient. And that word convenient there means give me what is timely. Give me what is appropriate. Give me what is fitting. Give me what's convenient. This means that God will provide for you exactly what he's decided for you to have. And so you need to ask God, God, what do you want me to do in my life? So you say, Ryan, how do I understand this? Well, maybe you're, you're thinking about getting a new car. And maybe you look at that new car. Maybe that car is expensive. And maybe it's beyond what you need. So you look at your life and maybe God will not provide the prescribed amount that you need for that car payment. You say, God, what's going on? It's because maybe that's not what you need. Maybe that size of house isn't what you need or maybe that extra pair of shoes. And I want you to know, I'm not being judgmental because I love shoes and I live in a house and I have a car and a motorcycle, hallelujah. And I just bought a new fire rod, so don't worry. I love to, to, you know, to save and spend good money on things I've saved for. But I want you to hear my heart here. You have to ask the Lord, God, what do I need? Do I really need this, God? And you know what'll happen? I know why we don't ask him this question because you know what he'll say? I don't think you do right now. I want you to wait to buy that thing. I want you to maybe get a car that's maybe less expensive. I maybe want you to maybe drop your house, house search by $60,000 and look for a house that's maybe a little smaller. Man, I want you to maybe stop giving to this and start investing into that. We have to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you call me to? What do you want for my life? What is the specific portion that you've called me to for my life? Because guess what happens when we do that? The Bible here says that you are satisfied. You are come to a place of contentment. My wife and I often sit in our, in our living room, in our, our, our home, and we just sit there and we just are so thankful. So thankful for the house the Lord provided us that we can afford. So thankful for our 2014 Honda Civic that has like 190,000 kilometers on it or something like that. We're so thankful for this shirt. I've had this shirt for a really long time. <laughs> I need to buy a new one. I'm not saying that you should be poor and I'm not saying it's wrong to be rich. I'm just saying we need to let the Lord be involved in our everyday spending. We need the Lord be involved in the things that we do. We need to ask God, God, do I really need this? God, what, we need, what is the margin that you have for my life? So here's, here's what happens in our life is that here's riches and here's poverty. This is the place where we could experience the just enough to meet my need. This is where satisfaction and contentment live. Contentment will not live when you have more than you need. And contentment will not, will not live when you try to live the life that God doesn't want you to live. And we're not talking about impoverished countries here. Well, I'm talking about North American Canadians, people who are most likely poverty in our world is when we're living maybe in the middle to lower class. And we say, God, why am I not here? I wanna be here, God. The poverty mindset says, I wanna be here. When God says, no, no, I want you to be here. I want you to spend the money that I give you wisely. I want you to steward a little so that eventually I can give you a lot. I wanna trust you with small so I can give you a lot. If you and I can learn to live in this place, we're gonna talk about the next two weeks, some strategic things that you can do in your life to bring absolute provision in your life. But if you can learn to live right in this place right here, just enough. Holy Spirit lives in this spot right here. What happens is you just feel such joy. And are there days when you can't pay your bills? Yeah. But guess what that does? It stretches my faith. 
Are there days when I wake up and feel like, man, I wish I had that? Of course, I'm human. But then I remember, man, Lord, you're so faithful to me. You have not gone one day without providing for my needs. You've not gone one month without helping me pay my bills. You've not gone one season without providing for the things that we need in our life. It's because God remains faithful. He wants to satisfy your needs. He wants to satisfy your life. So God, help us not to live a life where we project ourselves to be something we're not. God, help us not to live a life where we try to be something we're not. Help us to be led by the Spirit of God and not the Spirit of mammoth. Amen. Come on, let me pray for you today. Father, I just pray for all those watching today, God, as we hear these hard truths from your word, God. Those out there who are watching today, Father, who have been struggling in their finances, I pray today, God, that, Lord, that you would help them. Give them wisdom in their lives to know exactly what it is you want them to do, exactly what it is that they should commit their lives to, exactly what it is, God, the things that you called them to do in their lives. And Lord, I pray for those right now who are fighting over finances in their home, marriages that are in turmoil over finances. God, the number one thing marriages fight about is finances. I pray for the single parents who are struggling financially and those who've lost their job in this season and those who are struggling. God, I pray today they would know that God, that you are faithful to satisfy every single need that we have. God, you are a faithful God. You are a good God. You are going to cattle on a thousand hills. You want to provide and bless your children, God. We thank you, God. You haven't called us to be rich and you haven't called us to be poor. You've called us to be satisfied with the provision of God in our lives. So Lord, we just receive it today. We say, God, we want to live right here in the place, God, of where you meet all of our need. I pray for satisfaction and grace and peace for every person watching today. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.